Joe Biden's staff is playing Pokemon Go with top secret documents. Got to catch them all. What's up? Uh, this is Marquez Saves the Republic, and we are now on. Man, I'll tell you what. It's been, what, two locations where Joe Biden has top secret documents that are held, held over from his time as an Obama uh, vice president. That's really, that's twice as many places as Donald Trump had documents, which is really it was really kind of, it's a head scratcher. I'm scratching my head right now if you're listening to the podcast. Um, anyway, what's up? This is Mark K. Saves the Republic. Did I say that already? Sorry, I've been taking a lot of cold medicine still, so I maybe if I repeat myself, you'll know why. Uh, but yes, so here's what happened. Basically, I guess when they found these documents in November, uh, November 2nd is when they found them, just days before the midterm elections, um, what they did was they went out and they said, okay, we found these documents. We should probably turn them in because we made a big brouhaha about Donald Trump having some. And now uh, his staff is on, I mean, it's like a it's like a wild goose chase or a, it's some kind of scavenger hunt. They're out there and they are trying to find all the documents. They need to make sure that they round up everything, like everything that, um, that Joe Biden took with him from the White House and hid at various different places. It's kind of like an Easter egg hunt, maybe. It's like, you know, let's go through every box and every office, which by the way, the, the big question is, why so many offices? Why are there so many offices for Joe Biden? If he had an office in Washington, D.C. for the Penn Biden Center, that uh, the University of Pennsylvania with the $77 million that China gave them released on his behalf and for his private use, why then did he need another office? You know, why? What are all these offices for? And a lot of people, you know, when you're when you're when you're in the business, when you're in a shady kind of business, you need office space, you need letterhead, you need these almost shell-like companies. I mean, anyone who watched anyone who watched The Sopranos or anyone who watched, I mean, any gangster show or white-collar criminal, you know there's a shell company that is there to act like a real company, even though the dirty deeds are doing being done behind. Ozark was famous for this. If you ever watched Ozark, you know that Marty bought up a ton of companies so that he could launder money for the Mexican drug cartels. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way, if you haven't seen it, but he bought the, he bought the hotel or the motel. He bought the uh, crematorium, the, um, you know, that where the, they put all the dead bodies. He bought all these business businesses because they, he needed a front company and they offered office space. They offered him, uh, you know, a legitimate place to, to, you know, put the money and spend the money. And when the tax people came knocking, he was like, oh yeah, these are all just business expenses for this legitimate business. Uh, but in the background, other stuff's going on. And every company needs that. I mean, if you have investigators investigating something like the Penn Biden Center, they're going to want to know that you're doing what you claim to do. And if you don't have an office, it's tough to say, oh, yeah, we're really doing. I don't even know what I don't even know what the mission statement of the Penn Biden Center was. Um, but behind the scenes, they could be doing basically what the Clinton Clinton Foundation was doing. And that is taking money from rich tyrants and tyrannical dictators and communist countries and selling access to the highest levels of government. That's basically what the Clinton Foundation did. And that's why when Hillary Clinton left her post, the Clinton Foundation was interesting. It made uh, her last year in office as Secretary of State made about $250 million. When she left office, ran for president unsuccessfully, that number plummeted to something ridiculous like $20 million, which I know a lot of people are like, wow, $20 million still seems like a lot of money. But when you were making $250 million the year before, uh, and then the next year, when you're out of the when you're out of the the uh, you know public sector, when you're out of public office, and you're back into the private sector, and you have no more access to the highest levels of government, all of a sudden, guess what happens? Your donations start to dry up, and that's the that's the 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 prime example 
um, of political corruption and, and basically how this works. Uh, and Joe Biden, you know, was doing the same thing. Every Democrat that, you know, that that leaves office richer than when they went in, they do this kind of thing. They set up a foundation or they set up some kind of shell corporation or company, and that's why they need the office space. And uh, it turns out that Joe Biden, because he had this office, took some documents from the White House, it seems. They ended up in one of the, the closets. And, uh, and, you know, the rest is history. And now we're running around Washington, D.C. and elsewhere looking for all the documents. I'm wondering why they're not going to his home. Because, you know, with Donald Trump, for example, they went to his office, which also happened to be his home. Donald Trump runs everything out of Mar-a-Lago. It's a golf club. It's a hotel. It's also his private residence. He also has an office there for the Donald Trump for 2024 campaign, uh, you know, super PAC, whatever it is. Um, So it makes sense that they went to Mar-a-Lago because it was his office, but they also infiltrated his home. And we remember that they searched through Melania's underwear drawer looking for God knows what. Um, And, you know, who knows what they found. They found these boxes of documents that they then spread out on the floor and took photos of. I would like to see the photographs of Joe Biden's documents. I would like to see the FBI or whoever has them lay them out on the floor and take a photo and tweet it out as they did so professionally in the Donald Trump Mar-a-Lago case. Uh, We're not going to see that, but that would be something I think that would come in handy. And that would give a lot of people a lot of insight into what's actually happening. Also, um, I think that we should get a, a complete rundown of every place that Joe Biden has access to. Because he's got not only a house in Delaware and Wilmington, but he's also got that illustrious beach home in Rehoboth Beach. I would like to see the FBI raid those facilities because you never know. You never know where you're going to find these documents. Any place that Hunter Biden has been, there's a chance that you're going to find some kind of documentation that shouldn't be there. The other question is, who actually has seen these documents? Because if Hunter's seen them or anyone else at the Penn Biden Center has seen them who doesn't have top secret clearance, then that's a problem. That's a national security threat. Once again, the president of the United States has become a national security threat, not just because of his past business dealings, not just because of his son and the laptop and the the information that's on that laptop, not just because of all of those things, but now because of his own personal, um, I guess you could say carelessness or irresponsibility or recklessness to leave these documents around. Now, apparently, apparently Merrick Garland, the head of the DOJ, uh, it, the attorney general, he apparently is, has put some kind of prosecutor in charge of this. I don't think it's a special prosecutor yet, but they're looking into it. Um, I'm just curious to see how many more places they're going to find documents and how many more documents they're going to find. And if they do, are they going to pursue Joe Biden with the same vim and vigor that they pursue Donald Trump with? I know the answer to that. It's no way Jose, but it would be interesting to see if they actually did. It'd be really curious. I know America's curious. You know, if there's really if there's really going to be fairness in documents, if there's really going to be, you know, if there are fairness in government, if it's really going to be, um, you know, transparent, then this is something that we need to uh, we need to see. There's another um, there's another issue now about how this affects Donald Trump. And I have to tell you, I think this only affects Donald Trump in a positive way. Donald Trump has been seeing a resurgence uh, as of late. And the Speaker of the House battle, as we mentioned yesterday, um, really did, it really did help him in, in the outlook that I think a lot of people, you know, they'd forgotten Donald Trump was such a power player, such a powerful figure. And now that, that Joe Biden has this document issue, this, this docudrama, if you will, uh, it's, it's showing once again, that Donald Trump is not just, um, 
uh, I mean, not just a victim, but the number one target of all kinds of, of all kinds of, you know, fake scrutiny. For example, let me, let me explain it this way. If Donald Trump did something that was so bad and so terrible and so awful, the way they made it out to be with these documents that were taken from Mar-a-Lago, some that he said he had declassified, you know, some he said were inadvertent, whatever. He gave some back. He invited the lawyers in. They were, they were cooperating fully. If Donald Trump did something that was so terrible and so bad by taking these documents that, that people are saying he needs to be indicted and, and, and you know, tried for treason and all this other, other stuff, well, Joe Biden did the same gosh darn thing. So it's a slippery slope. By Joe, with Joe Biden doing all of this, it kind of alleviates some of that pressure from Donald Trump. And now, if you're saying, well, it's not that big a deal, some presidents, when they leave office inadvertently, these documents get mixed in with personal things, then you've also alleviated the pressure from Donald Trump because now you're saying every president does this. This happens all the time. This is not necessarily a horrible thing because when you're packing up, you don't know what the personal things are. You don't know what the business things are. You aren't 100% sure what's been declassified and what hasn't. So it's a, like I said, it's a slippery slope. You've got to either take a hard stand on it and say, everybody that does this is a terrible person and they're guilty of the worst crimes against humanity, or eh, it's not all that bad. And if it's not all that bad, this is yet another one of Donald Trump's smoking guns, which is not really smoking anymore. Well, this is another one of the smoking, one of the many that is going to be falling flat uh, and, and, you know, blowing up right in the Democrats face. So anyway, that's the story that we're going to be following uh, all day today, because that's that's really one of the big stories. That's really probably the biggest story out there. Now, somebody else pointed out, I think it was maybe a, maybe it was Cat Turd. I think it was maybe Cat Turd said every time Joe Biden faces something like this, there's going to be some kind of new crisis. Every time uh, Joe Biden has an issue that is going to, um, you know, that is difficult for him to deal with. Every time Joe Biden does something like this that makes people go, oh, my God, Joe, what did you do? Every time Joe Biden does something that, like this, which could railroad his campaign for 2024, people start to look around and say, you know, um, we probably need a scandal elsewhere. We probably need another variant of the COVID vaccine. We probably need a war to break out. What can we do now? What can we accuse Donald Trump of that's going to get the heat off of our guy? And so probably that's something that's, you know, and it's not too far off. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's not a conspiracy theory at all. That's something that um, we've seen in the past and we will probably see very soon. If you were a betting person, bet on some kind of big breaking news story to come out here any day now because they need to turn the tide away from Joe Biden being um, being a, a top secret document stealer and, uh, and you know, having these, uh, you know, being as irresponsible as he accused Donald Trump of being when he left office. The other thing that, uh, that you know, we, people have been talking about recently, and I don't know if this is a conspiracy theory or not, is the idea that the Democrats are done with Biden and they're setting him up to fall. You know, the, the idea that the Democrats are like, look, Joe Biden, because Joe Biden announced, I'm going to make an announcement about the presidency and my, my, whether or not I'm running for president. I'm going to do that right after the holidays. Well, it's after the holidays. He made this big presentation, this big statement about how Dr. Jill Biden was all on board. You know, he was talking to the guy from MSNBC. He goes, yeah, Dr. Jill's on board. She said, uh, she said, you know, she's cool with it. So if Dr. Jill Biden is on board, because we know she wears the pants in the family, and if it's after the holidays, then we can expect an announcement from Joe Biden anytime now. And maybe there's Democrats out there. In fact, there probably are who don't want Joe Biden to run. They don't want Joe Biden. They don't want another four years of this. They don't want to have to clean up their mess, his mess. 
And I'm not just talking about his depends. I'm talking about his actual political messes. Uh, but they're, they're maybe looking around going, you know what? There are other Democrats that could do this job a lot better than he can. We should probably start looking at some of them. We should probably start putting them in a position of power. We should probably start amplifying and promoting them. Let's get rid of this doofus who makes all these silly gaffes has become a laughing stock. And let's get somebody in there who's actually presidential and has the potential to not only win the White House once, but twice and give us eight more years of power. Um, you know, so maybe a, a more viable candidate who could beat back a Donald Trump or a Ron DeSantis or one of these other powerhouse Republicans who are rising to the top of the party. That's probably that's a viable that's a viable thing. I could 100 percent see a bunch of backroom Democrats trying to do some dealing and saying, well, what do we do? How do we get how do we get Biden to not run again? You know, do we kill his other son? Because, you know, the reason he didn't run in the first place is because Bo died. If something happened to Hunter, God forbid, would he then bow out uh, to, to go mourn with his family and heal? Or do we just would do we just make him seem incompetent? And do we uh, do we accuse him of treason like they did Trump? Let, hey, I know. Let's bury. Let's let's expose some top secret documents at various offices that he holds around town. I mean, it could be. In Washington, D.C., the deep state, it's a very nefarious place. It's a very dirty place with a lot of corruption and a lot of people that are willing to do whatever it takes uh, for them to maintain and grow their power base. And this is 100 percent something, 100 percent something that I believe the Democrats would do to one of their own uh, if they believe it's time for him to step aside. I don't know. That's just a theory that I'm hearing a lot uh, of. Uh, I'm hearing a lot that a lot more. Wait, what am I saying? I'm hearing that more and more. I really should stop taking cold medicine before I do these podcasts. Anyway, listen to the Orcasia. We got a, a great show coming up at noon today. And, um, and you know, if you miss it, you can always watch it on, on Facebook or Rumble or wherever else. Don't forget, please subscribe to this podcast. Our numbers are growing by leaps and bounds, and we really appreciate that. And all of that comes from you guys subscribing and downloading and listening and sharing. And, and that's, you know, like I said, that's how we grow. Uh, but we can only do it with your help. So if you don't, if you haven't yet subscribed, hit the subscribe button. If you haven't yet uh, shared this, share this with somebody so that we can continue to grow our conservative base. And in 2024, get the electorate out there to vote for the right people who are going to go in every single day and work diligently to do what we do. And that is save the republic.